Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Phil Mackey. The term closer is antiquated now. Your best reliever oftentimes isn't being saved until the ninth inning. Judd Zolgad. The catch, rule, and porn are the same thing. I know them when I see them. <laughs> Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. And it's time for more Mackey and Judd FC. Here are Phil Mackey and Judson Zolgad. Yeah, we have a lot to get to here. It's our sports culture segment with our buddy John Cosgrove, Irish Cosgrove on Twitter, at Crafty Rogues, Crafty Rogues Podcast, which you can find anywhere you would subscribe to and download podcasts. What's going on? You're Crafty conscious Rogues. after uh, St. Patty's Day last week. St. Patrick's Day was great this year because it was broken up by a Minnesota United home opener. Mm, yeah. And what was a couple of things were impressive about that. Uh, number one, um, we... Instead of taking my usual place with the uh, with the hierarchy and the media, I left my podcast partner up there, Mr. Quino, and uh, I went down among the common people in front of the Chicago fans wow. who didn't stop singing the entire game. Really? It was unbelievable. What were they singing? Just I'm not quite sure, but uh, at one point, one of my kids was like, are they going to stop? How many goals do we need to score to stop them? <laughs> and so so you enjoyed this or, or found it to be incredibly annoying? No, I loved it. My kids were a little... Um, it took them a while. By the time the second half started, uh, they were well used to it by that stage because it added a certain rhythm to it. It meant that I couldn't really hear the home fans because we're right there with the away fans, but I'm always a big fan of having a away fan section. And of course, this country's yeah. so vast, it's a difficult one to have, right. but it's it adds so much more to the game when you've got a bunch of away fans You there. know, I'm glad you brought this up, because I think, so we played uh, some, actually, let's play these right now. We played some clips from a baseball game last night. Do you know who Vladimir Guerrero is, the longtime baseball player? Yes. So he was one, he's a Hall of Fame yeah. you know, player, and his son, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., is uh, 19 years old and one of the best up-and-coming players in the league. So Vlad started his senior, started his career in Montreal, and then they moved the Montreal team to Washington, D.C. But they played an exhibition game in Montreal last night, and Vlad Jr. comes up to the plate and hits a walk-off home run that sounded like, oh, play two of these. So that's pretty fun. Like, okay, he's excited. Yeah. Now, is this French, Dave? This is the French version now. Like, we we aren't nearly as excited as fans or as play-by-play guys 
about our sports than yeah. other countries That's are. way more fun. Why that are we too cool for school? I, 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 tonight on the Crafty Rogues podcast, I'm going to play a segment from this past Sunday Gaelic football game my hometown team for Manor were playing. And they have the national radio stations at these the assigned guys to these games. But because now of the internet and podcasts and boys like me get to go on the radio in front of a microphone, they had the local lads who really don't hold back. And they know these players personally. Come on, Shamey. Kick it over the bar, Shamey. You can do it, Shamey. <laughs> so they're commentating, but they're also encouraging as they're doing it. Sure. And it adds so much to the game. And I would highly encourage it. I think the, the coolest thing about that, though, is the way that the play-by-play guy in French holds the call. Yes. Like, we are. We, you know, we, we call things, and it's fun. But in soccer with goals, right? Yeah. They hold the the goal, goal, and they, it keeps going and going and going. This, yeah, this is what I want. I want, you know, Provis, who does Twins play by play, hold a home run call one time for let's say fifteen <laughs> seconds. But even the fans, like like in soccer, and it's it's an American crowd, Chicago. Yeah, but it's just it's more of a European foreign feel. Well, to it. They're going to sing for two hours. Well, very much. And there's uh, there was a huge Latino. Uh, element to the Chicago because they were singing some songs in Spanish uh, as well, which really added to the atmosphere. And, you know, I want each club, and this, of course, is my own bias, I want each club, whether in the matter of the sport, but especially in MLS, to ha- to develop their own culture. And, you know, I'm all about Scarves Up and that's their big campaign, but that's been led by the club. What about the fans? What are they going to come up with? What chance yeah. are they going to come up with? You know, you've got these little pockets, these groups, uh, True North Elites, uh, Suburbs Elites, uh, the True so- Southwest, which are facing South, Quinno pointed out. What 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 <laughs> culture are they going to develop? Yes, we've got the guys on the megaphones helping direct it, but a lot of times if it comes from within, and, and this should happen when they get the new stadium, it could add their own. And, you know, baseball and these other sports, and this is one of the beef I have, Everything seems so scripted that they tell the crowd when to make noise. Yep. Shouldn't yeah. the crowd themselves True. know? Yes. They've watched I mean, enough yes. games Stand up and to know yes. and create says, their own. Make makes, noise. Make noise. Yeah. But it says that at every NHL stadium. Yep. So let's the ma- noisometer. Yeah, oh, get up and I, make I'm noise. Sitting like, here. Is that what the noisometer says? Oh like? yeah, the, the, the one of the X is <laughs> the one of the X breaks your damn eardrums. I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting semi-conscious from fifteen dollar hot dog consumption and I have to wait for somebody to tell me to make noise. I was in a pub in northeast Minneapolis, not in the gentrified side, but more on the on the proper side. Oh, good for you. And the wild game was on. And you could tell from the people in the pub watching it um how the game was getting more exciting when that when that call was made at the end when it was offside mm-hmm. that they were reacted to it without somebody telling them to react to it. I want more of that inside the stadium. More zombies. What's the American co- sports fans? What's the the coolest thing that that you have seen a fan base come up with? Well, here's the beauty. So some some clubs have a certain reputation. So Newcastle, our old friend Carl Craig, the legendary Carl Craig, who's from that town. Um, they're legendary for coming up with chants that are specific to each team each week and even specific to players, especially if the player has been involved in some sort of altercation earlier that week or they're under pressure or they're caught in a compromising position. The chants that will reflect that back to the player <laughs> when they show up are legendary. So, what so is, that's what it's about. What is the, uh, whether it's like Chicago fans at TCF Bank Stadium singing for two hours or examples like, like you know, derogatory things, like who... 
if we want to be like actually Mariucci Arena, the student section for a long time at Go for Hockey Games was very organized. We would, as a student, I wasn't the organizer, but we would get cheat sheets that would say like, here's the order of chance for this game. Yeah, here is the name of the mother of the opposing team's goalie. Nice, and and so you would be very yeah, organized. They'd pass the sheets out. Like, that, how do you stay organized? I I would I would encourage that, and I would say it to the Loons fans in these groups. Um, Find out the mother's names of the opposing team's goalies. You know, I, I went to, a, I, I, I used to go to St. Cloud State hockey games when the Huskies, when they were really good and they play the Gophers and they were throwing crap on the ice and they were trying oh, yeah. to distract players. I had explained to my son recently what a, why calling a goalie a sieve in hockey was derogatory. go, oh, that's clever. So it's like, let's create more of that culture. Let's encourage people. But again, if it's organized... It'll come out better, and then people will buy into it. Yeah, Wild fans had the one a couple of years back when they played the Blackhawks in the playoffs, where they would just tra- chant Crawford's name, which was okay, but not great. It's one hundred and one. I, I, I like your idea. Nothing. I like your idea of actually getting the dirt yes. and using that. Here's the problem. Here, I think we're too damn nice. Uh, you know, that's I think a, we're just well, too how, nice. I, I will counter that. It was a long time ago, and. You two were playing at the Target Center. My younger brother was coming into town, not specifically for that, but we managed to get tickets for it. But the night before, the Twins were playing the Yankees and we were throwing crap at Chuck Knobloch. You were there? <laughs> Batteries and, and hot dogs. I was there for one of those and, games. And Tom Kelly had to come out of the field and tell the crowd to calm down. I'm like, no, don't tell him to calm down. This is, feels more like home than any game I've ever been and, to. And leave the hot dogs and batteries on the field if, a, if it, it, they're in play. Yes. If a they're ball takes a bad hop of off a dome dog, then that's your problem Giving as the left fielder. Giving old players stick like that, especially if they've left for money, Knobloch. Like, Knobloch itself is, is like a swear word. Don't be a Knobloch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Then have we're at good. it. I'm like, have like get people fired up and stop being so nice. Oh, uh, do you remember really what nice. longtime Twins PA announcer Bob Casey said over the uh, the intercom? This is a championship game. Now quit this. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, it's a regular season game. It's fine. Now quit this. That, more of that. More of that if, passion coming out. If Chuck hadn't got the, the throwing yips... Which caused his demise at second base and and caused him to be moved to left. It never would have happened. Really, it was Knobloch's fault. Well, uh, they, I think I think Twins. Well, Twins fans hated him. Period. I think they would have found ways. It's a little easier to throw batteries say, at the guy in left field because he's base. in the corridor. Yeah. But I think you know if he's, <laughs> that would be a hell of an arm. If he's leading off first base, you could find a, you know somebody with a strong arm behind the dugout to <laughs> knock him down with a with a dome dog. You can make it happen. A lot of hot dogs went to waste that night. Um, we do we do want your help. The NFL. Uh, we'll do this in a little while here, but we want your rugby expertise because the NFL might need to borrow some ideas. But real quick. Early season impressions of Minnesota United here for a uh, few I think game. they're doing better than expected. Um, I don't understand why the MLS continues to have games when there's an international break, when there's so many international players across the league. And so a team like Minnesota United that gets depleted and their Costa Ricans need to go over to Bonnie, Scotland to play a game and depletes the squad on top of some injuries yep. is bad. for because Then the game turns, you know, the spectacle is ruined because don't, of it. Don't they have, I, I thought that this came out last year, it's a scheduling issue. And because the because United plays in the Gopher Stadium, there's only X amount of home dates that they can That's possibly true. get. Yep. And so it's mandated, I believe, when, when they move to the new stadium, you will see them avoid those dates. But, Johnny, here's what I don't get. If I employ you to play for my team, okay, God bless your country. 
but I'm paying you to play for me. I, that's an edge or argument that you, goes beyond. I want you playing for me. Yes. Not for your country. In other words, you own me because I have a contract. You're paying my wages. These arguments are made time and time and time so help again. Me out here. There's a gentleman's agreement or a ladies' agreement between the international teams and the clubs that if the player is called up, it's up to the player themselves, not the club. Now, there's been arguments in the past where suddenly, uh, in, in Ireland's case, uh, one particular manager of Everton, a Dutch guy, Koeman, who's since got fired unceremoniously, uh, suddenly the two Irish players were, quote-unquote, injured and couldn't make it to the Ireland mm. squad, but suddenly recovered for the next Everton game. Yeah, so there's ways around it too. But, you know, to play for your country is, you know, as we shouldn't have to explain this and the United States the most patriotic country in the world yes. about playing for your country and representing those stars and yes. stripes um, that you know you don't want to have that in, because if you're the club and you're stopping your player from going to international then it may affect his morale and you know how fragile sports players morale is and especially in hockey where it's just like it could be period to period where they're either gritty and tough or they're not, or they're you know they're cycling. If I through write your check out. You're playing for my team. I'm. You know what? I'll bring this up in the podcast tonight with Quino because I'm sure it'll be an interesting prospect. Uh, he's still in mourning because his beloved cricket team were caught to be cheating this week. They were tampering with the ball. Wow. So you know in cricket you have to throw the ball and it has to bounce, <laughs> and they use the same ball throughout the entire game. There's no like 160 baseballs running around. It's one ball and it wears out and they were trying to speed up the process with a bit of sandpaper inside well, his pocket it, sure. and the captain said yeah yeah of course we were trying to do it we want to win this the game the twins did that in the late 80s actually with a nail file Joe Necro yeah Joe Necro have you ever seen that footage no of the twins pitcher yeah. Joe Necro in 1987 mm-hmm. he had an emery board in his glove or in his pocket or whatever it was and the umpires came out because they suspected something was up yeah and um, and so he goes oh, I don't know what you're talking about goes in and he, and he like pulls out it's in his back pocket and he like pulls his pockets out and, and kind of strategically floats it to the ground. And I think it was Kent Herbeck who tried to cover it up with his cleat. And, and the camera <laughs> and the camera caught it in slow motion, basically yeah. just as, falling. As, as one of the umpires like watches it in slow motion fall to the Do ground. Do these guys not know there's cameras everywhere? <laughs> well, not in the eighties, right? Yeah, they figured no. not in the late eighties. Maybe he was thinking more of a Ouija board next time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we need your help uh, fixing the NFL here. No right? problem. Anytime. Right. John Cosgrove from the Crafty Rogues podcast, Mackie and Judd, some sports culture. We're ready. Are you? The Mackie and Judd show rolls on. Ready, master control? Ready, switch on. This is 1500 ESPN. Uh, hold on a second. Dave says we have a great email. Is it from Nate? The email from Nate, Dave? John Cosgrove's in here from the Crafty Rogues podcast. Uh, we're talking about fan bases and trash talking and just creating more of an atmosphere at American sporting events. Let's, and let's Hold on, hit your uh, on button there. There. there you go. You're good. Yep. And, and let's go. make those hot dogs more affordable for kids, shall we? Atlanta, they set the example. Let's learn from Atlanta. And they made more money off of concessions, Shocking. right? Shocking. Yeah. So Nate emails, my brother and I were at a Twins game with Matt Lawton playing for Cleveland. This is like 15 years ago. I don't even ago. remember him playing for uh, Cleveland. During the offseason, he had over a hundred grand worth of jewelry stolen from him at an Atlantic City hotel by a fake maid. <laughs> so we found some seats in left field and started yelling, housekeeping at him. Having that personal touch really elevates the trash talk. You got to do your research. <laughs> you gotta no, do that's it. good. Yeah. You got to do it. You got to do your research. Uh, one time, I remember sitting in left field and a bunch of people, I wasn't one of the trash talkers, but like left field at, at 
the Metrodome was just, it was like $6 tickets, and it was general admission. You could yeah. sit wherever you want. So people got drunk, and they'd trash talk. And Manny Ramirez was playing for the Indians. This is this is like before he became a character with the Red Sox, but he was one of the best players in the league and kind of a smartass. And somebody, or maybe it, it might have been Juan Gonzalez, actually, with the Rangers. It was left fielder. I think it was Juan Gonzalez. And, uh, and somebody was trash-talking him from left field, and he turns around between pitches or between batters and acts like he's pulling his wallet out and starts, like, counting cash <laughs> and just looking at the view like, dude. And then he would put his arm behind his back and flip the bird. Well, <laughs> you know, well, you know the famous incident in, in England, Eric Cantona, the French soccer god, that he was getting so much abuse, he karate kicked the fan on his way when he got red no, card. Without no. Karate, got banned for a year, but came back and scored on his game back and became a cult hero. <laughs> was he wearing cleats when he kicked yes, the fan? Ooh. in the chest. Wow. Karate oh, kick. I do remember that vaguely now. That's that's that, that 20 years ago. About yeah. 20 years ago. That's aggressive. All right, we need your help fixing the NFL here. The NFL, they're, they change rules every offseason. Like they, they redefined what a catch was, for instance, and uh, but now, because they've been neck deep in concussion lawsuits the last few years and players are getting, you know, there's more and more CTE stories about players and brain damage. So they're trying to get rid of helmet to helmet contact as much as they can in a sport where 250 pound machines are running at full speed with helmets on. Like, yeah, it's, like it's pretty hard. So here's the new playing rule. Article eight of the NFL rulebook. It is a foul if a player lowers his head to initiate and make contact with his helmet against an opponent. The player may be disqualified. Applies to any player anywhere on the field. The player may be disqualified. So now if you're an official, you have permission to eject a player if he lowers his head to initiate and make contact with his helmet against an opponent, which pretty much describes every NFL play yes. of every NFL I was going to say, uh, we're going to end up with no one on the field. Well, in, <laughs> in the world of rugby, there's obviously no head-to-head combat because they don't have helmets. Right. So let's just remove helmets. Would that work? That was the Do you point. think that would work? Put those little, like, well, so the problem with rugby is to get the cauliflower ears from doing all the scrummaging sure, together. Yeah. But rugby is played at a, uh, in my mind, and of course I'm not a complete expert, at a slower pace, and it's more of a building pace. It's not a stop-start as the NFL. And the NFL, when these guys are going, like, going head-to-head, they have one thing on their mind. In rugby, that's more nuanced, and getting in and tackling something like that is part of the game, but it's not the central part. Every single play in NFL involves tackling. Right. In rugby, you could go through a series of plays and passes without there really being that man-to-man combat, the close-up that you would yeah. get in the NFL. But so there's less instances of it. If you gave them more gear, though, they, they would probably go faster and, and it, it would be higher-speed collisions. So I think the thought process here, and, and the no helmets in football was brought up, Johnny, probably the first time about two years back. And at first you're like, what are you talking about? You can't do that. But the more you think about it, because they're concerned because of concussions. Well, and, then, and, if you look- and they're being sued for that. But the point being is, if you are really concerned about that, do you have to give thought to taking the the helmets out of the game yep. and and therefore slowing the game down so you so you have to think because you can't now say well you know don't do this but but yet you're still equipped to basically play the game the way that, that you have exactly. for your entire life don't it steal all the candy way. but we're going to let you into the candy store correct uh maybe there's an opportunity over over a, a, a P 
period of consultation where they talk to the rugby guys and they ask the rugby guys, you know, this, this, because it'll change tackling. And rugby is an intense sport to watch, just as intense as NFL. I don't enjoy watching two guys going head to head and seeing their head flick back like that. I want to see them going in shoulder to shoulder where it's basically, I'm stronger than you and I have bigger upper body strength than you and I'm pushing you out of the way. And that style of tackling in rugby, which is very entertaining and great to watch. And trust me, these guys are just as hard as nails as the guys in the NFL. And they're taking the head out of it. I mean, using your head in that instance makes no sense to me. It never made sense to me. So maybe with with the rugby guys, they can use that as a model to get things going. And it won't reduce the intensity and that testosterone fix that we get from watching two grown men tackle each other. Yeah, the other thing in the NFL too, so... So getting rid of helmets is one thing, but would you then would would they keep shoulder pads? That's the they question. They would like, redefine the shoulder pads because they have these slight little shoulder pads in rugby just to even it out, and it it's protecting that that muscle in your shoulder. You know that bone yeah, that correct. that gets exposed, but you can still go at full hell for leather. Maybe they bring back the leatherhead things, make them yeah. and brand them. So you know you, I have, don't, you have sponsorship on them. I don't cool actually. I don't think this discussion is about taking the toughness from the game. No, I think it's about slowing it down so you have to think. Yes, because if ironically I, you're having to think, you're going to have to think about the using your head. fly because right now, yeah. like the NFL, every NFL play and Cosgrove have kind of alluded to this. The end of every NFL play, well, not it's like eighty percent of every NFL play ends with a full speed collision of some kind. Yes, a running back running at full speed, and then linebacker coming from a different direction and hitting him hard. Right. Yep. Um, or sometimes you might get your legs grabbed because guys. So guys like Richard Sherman, who's one of the best defensive players in the league for the last eight years, he's saying, "Well, if you're gonna make if you're gonna make it this hard, or or you're gonna you're gonna scare players into leading with their helmet or, and and take them away from that habit." Just to get rid of head injuries, guess what's going to happen? Knees are going to get blown out. So yes. now, all right, we're still going to dart our way into a of a, you know opposing player, but I'm going to aim at his knees now. Yeah. And sorry, like there goes your ACL. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So again, there there the injuries in rugby reflect that because they've no, the 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 lack of head injuries in rugby is then there's more knee injuries. There's more knee and ankle injuries. Yeah. So it, again, it's not going to take from the toughness. But it may just take a little bit from the speed and that dramatic action replay footage of the heads flicking back after they collide. But the, the important thing is, is this. The the league is not concerned about being sued for blown out knees. No. So if you blow your knee out, guess what? They don't really give a damn. No, Too I, bad. I mean, they and care if like, all their stars are sure. out. But, yeah. but I mean, the, the, the issue right now is lawsuits driven by concussions. And, you know, it is, you know, you don't want a guy to be permanently brain damaged because he was enjoying sport. You're, you're obviously going to have... I know I know guys who just played college sports. You guys that have played sports growing up, you have some injuries, you have some long term pain, but you don't want their head wrecked. Do you? National Football League doesn't really care. I know they don't. They care about one thing. I know. Are we do. being sued? Yes. And then like I don't know, there's something about well, if being you, sued is a great mantra in the United States to get anything changed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that's exactly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, God I'm saying America, this as, right. a, as a, as a right. guy with a microphone who tends to say some things sometimes that may upset people, like talking about their imaginary friends. Have you ever and, had a porn star or a stripper go on 60 Minutes and call you out for activities that took place? Don't answer that question. Uh, I would like to Don't say... Don't answer that question. I've known you a long I, time. I, I, I talk about head collisions. <laughs> Stay away from that question, Cosgrove. <laughs> I've known you for too long. Aren't, aren't Dark and Stormy Daniels a, a group of Minnesota United fans that have just started up? <laughs> <laughs> it's 
the new section. It's a new section at TCO Bank Stadium. Yeah. And they're incredibly creative, too. They are. They come up with great chants. They do. The great chants for about three minutes, and then they're done. And then it's over. Oh, oh my God. Uh, you can find John Cosgrove. Thanks, John. Fully uncensored on the Crafty Rogues podcast. Uh, follow Crafty Rogues on social media. You guys are going to dive in tonight. And, yes, we uh, are. God bless Jonathan Harrison for producing. For Absolutely. You Thank you. Enjoy All your right, pints. Dave, what kind of questions are you going to throw our way when we come back? Uh, well, Vikings twins comparison for you and the Peyton Manning news that Fox did not want to hear. Really? Okay. Phil Mackey. That little uh, dweeby-looking kid. Judd Zolgad. He needs a cocktail in a hot tub or something. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackey and John. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. All right, before we get to Dave's questions here, we have more developing Circle Me Burt news. You find the Burt tweet, because I have not seen that yet. All right. But it's all hands on deck for Fox Sports North right now. There was a lot of confusion (laughs) over Circle Me Burt. It's all hands on deck. Bert thought that there was there no is. more circling yesterday, yeah. so he tweeted out a farewell to circling thing. Yep. Uh, FSN said, well, no, it's like uh, the Minnesota lottery is still involved, and people were outraged that Circle Me Bert was gone. Um, so they tweeted out this morning, you know, Circle Me Bert's still going to be there. It's going to just be organic now, and yes. it's not going to be part of the sponsored element. Yes. And uh, Jim Peterson, it's like I think they're wrangling up all the personalities. Jim Peterson said, Circle Me Bert is not dead. It's just not a sponsored element. Bert is free to circle till the cows come home. <laughs> free Bert. So Fox Sports North uh, tweeted out their clarification this morning at 10.53. At 11.46, Bert came back and said, I misunderstood. Circle me, Bert, on FSN North is not going away. The lottery winner circle element is changing to include even more fans. Yes. I also have heard through a, a source that there was an emergency a session call today that even involved the president of the Twins to make sure this was uh, cleared up as soon as possible. Are you here by circle? So your Minnesota <laughs> Twins LLC facing opening day, right? Tomorrow opening day. Anticipation. Had to have a meeting today to talk about what the analysts can circle. Are you here by circle? Just circle whatever you want. I love how the result of the meeting was just just circle whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Here's the telestrator. Oh, this is my Did favorite day. Are you here by circle? Dave Harrigan was circled back in 2002 oh. at Comerica Park in Detroit. It's true. Not going to run from it. Not going to hide from the facts. I think I you should circled. embrace it. Embrace it. I am embracing it. Kenny was trying to make me feel bad about it all morning long. Well, you can't make me feel worse than I already feel. I'm not going to say how bad I do feel. Well, it's back now, so you don't have to worry. Circling has not gone away. Well, no, I mean feel bad about having brought a sign and been circled. Oh, being that guy. Yeah, you were that guy. <laughs> I was that guy. I made funny. That's that fun. guy. All right. Dave's questions. Let's do it. Oh. Let's do some questions. <laughs> uh, remember when we were talking about Bert about an hour ago, hour and a half, and we got a call from Mike? Yeah, Mike was uh, not, Mike. not happy that the Twins didn't address any needs in the offseason. Yes. They didn't address pitching in the offseason. Yes. They're, well, basically, the, the, the fans are upset about Circle Me Burt because the team's terrible. I think that was the general gist of his comments. Mm-hmm. Correct. All right. The Minnesota Vikings seems to be the fans love them and everything they do. They can't do anything wrong. They cannot do anything wrong. 
signings are great. When the running back takes a tree branch to a four-year-old, seventy-five percent of the fans are like, "Well, that's fine." I mean, it's it's, it's his culture. It's his culture. Yeah. Yes, they can't do anything wrong. Meanwhile, the Minnesota Twins, sure, when they're playing great and getting to the playoffs, people get excited just like any other team. But when it comes to off-season things, when it comes to roster, when it comes to anything else, aside from the team in the midst of a long winning streak or in the midst of a playoff push, cheap poll ads, these guys suck, they're all terrible. Mawa! Mawa! How about your legs? Mawa! He's getting paid too much! Yeah. Just Why? <laughs> Why do we, as a fan base, as a general, to completely generalize these towns, this state, why is there nothing but 100% love for the Minnesota Vikings? And bleep you if you don't agree to Minnesota Twins, bleep you guys. That has, to answer your question, that has evolved and changed, and uh, it's not all fair at this point, but partially here's why. The Viking fan base that came on with Moss. That fan base, it was so drunk for so long that they loved to go to games and cheer on the Vikings. And then remember, remember around that time, a lot of the positivity started about the Vikings. The media drives a lot of this. And the positivity that started with those 98 Vikings has carried on to an extent, not completely, to this day. The Twins have always been perceived, going back to when I started to follow them, as being cheap because Calvin was cheap. And then the the death knell that a lot of people can't get past is that Carl Polad was, was willing around 2000 to contract the team. And that family will never get past that. I mean, there will always be the Mikes who think to themselves, those SOBs, they try to take our baseball team away. So... I don't think that you can fairly say that this goes back to the 60s or 70s. I think you have to find the starting point for the perception of these franchises. And I really believe 98 started a Vikings train that got a new fan base that continues to this day. And they love their alcohol and they love their purple. And the fact that the Twins had an ownership group that still has this team that was willing to be contracted created a lot of perceptions, some rightfully so, some not, but they will never escape those. I'm going to simplify it even more than that. I don't I don't disagree with anything you just said, but I'm going to make it even simpler. It's the it's the perception of Main Street versus Wall Street and that for Twins fans, a lot of Twins fans perceive billionaire ownership stealing money from hardworking paying fans. And it's because there's no salary cap. I mean, this is a theme on our show all the time. In football, Every team, because of national TV revenue sharing, and there's all there's salary caps in baseball, football, hockey, and so if you're the Vikings, the basketball, way, football, hockey. What did I say? You said yeah. baseball. Yep, exactly. So in the salary cap sports, because the systems are set up to where well, the Yankees in baseball can spend whatever they want, and there's a lot more revenue coming in in New York, and they're uncapped, so they're going to spend like two hundred fifty million dollars or whatever, two hundred million. Um, in the NFL. The Green Bay Packers, the small-town Green Bay Packers, where they literally have fans with ownership certificates, and the parking lot for the stadium spills into people's lawns. It's in the middle of a community. Green Bay, Wisconsin, is not one of the 100 most populated towns in America. But because the NFL's infrastructure and system is set up to where the Green Bay Packers have as much money coming in and are capped with spending at the same point as the New York Giants and the San Francisco 49ers, the Packers spend on the same level as the Giants. If you took the NFL salary cap away 
And if you if you strip down revenue sharing to be more reflective of the size of your market, guess what would happen? Green Bay fans, you wouldn't have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. You wouldn't have landed Reggie White in 1996-97, right? They couldn't You'd last. have to move to a bigger city. Yeah, you have to go to Milwaukee. So in baseball, they have enough revenue sharing in a non-cat league to where smaller markets can kind of compete, like Tampa Bay, Minnesota, right, on a payroll level. Mm-hmm. But the perception is, because the Twins aren't spending as much money as the Yankees, but the Vikings are spending the same amount of money as the Giants, and they go out and make big moves, that the Twins must be withholding money <laughs> so that they can gain and fans lose. That's the underlying theme for 20 years in this town. And it probably does go back to them putting their cards on the table. Well, we're going to contract the team. Like, we're just, yeah. we'll just like, we'll sell the team to Major League Baseball. We'll get a check. Right? Yeah, for sure. And then we'll be gone. So they've Bye. definitely perpetuated it. And, you know, they haven't made huge splashes in free agency or trade when they could for big name players. But um, so it's not, it's not like they're blameless with that narrative. But that's how I see it. Andrew Marshawn of the New York Post reported a couple weeks ago that Peyton Manning, Manning said thanks but no thanks to ESPN's offer to join the Monday Night Football broadcast. Now reporting that he has also said, I appreciate the offer but no thank you to Fox and uh, them wanting to bring him on the Thursday night NFL telecast. So let's see, Peyton's not going to broadcast. He's done operating Papa John's franchises in and around the Denver area. If you were Peyton Manning and you had all the time in the world, you've probably made a ton of money and playing money and endorsements, and let's just say you've invested well. You're doing fine, but you still want to make a couple bucks. How are you spending your days? You know, I don't know if this means he's not going to broadcast. I think it just means that the time isn't right right now for him. I think he does one of two things at some point. I think he either broadcasts maybe in 2019 or once, like, the Colts GM gets fired or something, or John Elway hangs it up. I could see him taking over an NFL team. Or maybe he goes to a team that he's not even connected to. But for now, just playing pro-ams and count your money. Wake up at 11 o'clock. Go sit in your sauna, hot tub. There's really no rush to do anything. Don't rush into something. Just yeah. uh, survey the landscape. Uh, here's my guess. My guess is because Jim Ursay is pretty much nuts. He o- owns the Colts. I think he's waiting for Ursay to sell the team, and then I think he he and a group buy the Colts, and he runs the team. Jeter-like. Yeah, I don't see him. The more I think about this, I don't see him necessarily being a GM. Like, I, I don't see him working for someone, but he's so rich that, that he could get on the ground floor of a group that buys that team. And Ursay, I mean, come on. He's got how long left? And I don't know if he's got heirs who want the team or not, but I could see a succession plan where he gets a group together, buys the Colts, and then he runs the Colts from there. That's my guess. Could also see him, I don't know if he's interested in like soccer, but I could see him as a guy who thinks, you know what, I could take my knowledge and my expertise to like another, I could invest in Arsenal or something. I don't know. No. Circle me, Bert, is not leaving, as we all know, despite the tweet yesterday from Mr. Blylevin. It was mistaken. We're just changing things a little bit. Bert, of course, will still be circling fans 80 games a year starting right, tomorrow. You're here by circle. That's right. So let's help out Fox Sports North and anyone else you'd like to help out. Give me one broadcast element and... Since Circle Me Bird is also really an element of the game experience itself in the stadium, one in-game element from any team, Twins, Wild, Wolves, Vikings, I don't care, give me something that should be abolished. 
even while Circle Me Bert lives on. Oh, I well, Judd, you go first on this one. So hold on a second. So one broadcast, one, and one... broadcast element, and one in-game, in-arena, stadium, whatever experience that needs to go. Oh, uh, Kiss Cam. Yeah, Kiss Cam's awful. It's dated. You know what? Do we still do underwater cam at Target Field too? Pantera, Pantera thing does. Yes. You know what? You know what? It was funny when you showed a guy and his sister 87 times at one point, but now it's not funny. You know, friend zone, friend zone. Kiss Cam sucks. It should be gone. It's cliched. It's boring. It's dumb. It's out as far as I'm concerned. Well, I hate Kiss Cam. Completely disagree with you. Really? So, so you really don't mind? I really find it to be. Obnoxious. I'm out on Kiss Cam. I'm out. I'm even more out on Proposal Cam. Like if you're gonna get on a knee yeah, and propose all, to your yes, gal, that's in, fine. All in of the it. Third deck of Bang. a baseball stadium in a spring training game or something. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna. So broadcast element. No offense to Judd's keys, but the generic three keys to the game. <laughs> all right, what are the? We're gonna fire up the keys. To, I lo, I love it when at least at least broadcasts become self aware sometimes and they just do it to mock. Uh, score more points than the other team. Yeah. Like the yeah. keys to the game are almost always something generic like try hard. You know, limit the walks. Grind it out. Okay, thanks. So you don't want to walk the bases loaded. Stop the puck. Uh, make sure Joey Bats doesn't hit a four a fourth deck homer at Target Field, right? Like the keys to the game. And then as far as in game element, I'm gonna go with this one. NBA arenas, trampoline dunking. If you have real humans jumping, and some guys are like only six foot tall, Tyus Jones. Jumping up and slamming without a trampoline. Why do we need amateurs with trampolines? Like the mascot. That's dunking on steroids. It's not, though. Like, they're not even, they're just, I don't know. Like, dunking on steroids is Vince Carter in the oh, in the dunk yeah, contest you know 2001. What? I just thought of this second round, I don't know. Too. I'm not into it. It's Monday Night Target Center, so stand up, because who wants a free t-shirt? That's got to go, too. I just, I was there again on Monday. It's awful. They're t-shirts, okay? I know that. I know the Wolves are losing to a team that hasn't won a road game since 2017, but who wants a free t-shirt? Yeah, it's got to go. It's awful. What? What is the design flaw? Bielitsa hasn't scored yet tonight, but look over here. Free t-shirt. Well, then you got the free what is the design the design flaw in the human being about free stuff? Honest to God, it's a t-shirt. You know, what? it probably costs five cents to make. Management might not like what I'm about to say here, but remember say when we when we were giving away those free t-shirts at the state fair? Yes, many. We years did that like did two that. or three years in a row, where we would give away free just yeah. fifteen hundred ESPN t-shirts in front of our state fair booth, and we only gave away one hundred every two hours. Those same t-shirts cost like twelve dollars. 10 feet away. Mm-hmm. And people would stand in line. Thank you for listening. We appreciate your business. I, I'm conflicted oh, saying this. But go like, ahead. But it's the power of the, the free stuff. People yes. would stand in line for an hour. But like, what's the chip? An hour what's for a free the chip t-shirt? in our brain where we can't say, you know, that t shirt, it's free, but it's really probably just a piece of crap? <laughs> well, it's the same reason people go to the state fair every year and pick no, up a yardstick. But I'm saying because I'm going to need that what, yardstick. What's the chip in the brain? I don't know. Where you're like, this makes no sense. Ah, uh, my in-game TV thing across the board. All due respect to Marnie and Gorgie and all those people. I don't need to see another player or coach talk to during game for the rest of my life. Yeah, 
Eric Stahl, you had a great period. Yeah, we're just we're out there hustling and trying hard. Unless it's in the middle of the game, they're actually playing. Well, I'll the baseball that's that's different. But I'm saying when you when you know you get someone on the court or between periods, and you're you know Alex Stalock, what do you think? <laughs> oh, I just think we're a really good team. Hey Charlie Coyle, you down four zip uh, four zip after two, but you guys really fought hard at the end of that period, huh? Yeah. Well, how about how about when the team loses, and then like, and this isn't just a Minnesota thing. This is local affiliates around the country. And instead of interviewing a member of the losing team and ask why you lost, you'll interview an obscure member of the winning team. <laughs> All right, let's go down to the field here, and uh, looks like uh, Andrelton Simmons is there to talk about the you know 2016 like Twins. Marty had to talk to more guys I had never <laughs> I heard of in ridiculous. my life. It's ridiculous. All right, uh, looks like Marnie's with Billy Butler from the. <laughs> <laughs> I was like what? <laughs> and I'm not even making fun of Marnie. It's no, part it's of her, her job. Like, yeah, you know. no, no. So Billy, Marnie's you guys beat the Twins the, too. <laughs> down there with the backup catcher from yeah. the Pirates. Uh, I don't even know his name. Let's go down. It's Bat Boy Teddy with Marnie. So what'd you think of the game, Teddy? Well, the Twins sure suck, don't they, Marnie? Yes, they do. Ah, uh, hey, TCL TVs. America's fastest growing TV brand and the third largest TV brand in the world right now. In fact, you and I were very excited about this tonight at Target Center. Not only are we going to be looking forward to free T-shirts, we're going to be doing that from a TCL theater box. It's the best seat in the house at Target Center. You and I are going to watch the Wolves hopefully take care of the Atlanta Hawks, although we can't be sure anymore. Don't assume that. After what happened earlier in the week, but... Uh, whether you're inside Target Center, sitting in the TCL Theater Box, which is a five-star cuisine, VIP experience, or whether you're just looking for a better TV. We watch sports on our 55-inch TCL TV all the time, and like you can see Blades of Grass. It's, four, it's, it's 4K picture quality, four times the picture quality of a standard 1080p TV, and you get connectivity to a built-in Roku, which is 4,000-plus streaming channels. 450,000-plus movies, TV show episodes. Any major local retailer in the Twin Cities or TCLUSA.com. Mackie and Judd are back. Now, you can tell when they're ready by poking them with your finger. On 1500 ESPN. Another reminder that we will be celebrating opening day tomorrow by giving away copies of MLB The Show 18 throughout the Mackie and Judd Show will be listening 9 to 1, the full four hours for the ESPN Baseball Update Chimes. They sound a little like this. Oh, that's nice. nice. You'll hear those sound off tomorrow when you do. Be the fifth caller. They'll play twice an hour during the Mackie and Judd Show tomorrow. Thank you, Dave Harrigan. Uh, yeah, Twins will be playing in 20... 20- Five and a half hours from now. Nice be playing the the Orioles. That's pretty good. Took me longer than it probably should have. Every team in the big leagues will be in action on opening day tomorrow for the first time since 1968 for an opening day. Good. Remember when they went through a two or three year stretch I, where they'd play a game like a week early in yes, Japan or I Australia or something? Tune in at three in the morning. Yep. Padres. Yep. Yeah. Diamondbacks. <laughs> Melbourne. Yeah. No thanks. So this is better. Just roll them all out on one day and... And do it that way. Hey, before we get to uh, a very special mock, Jeff Teague is speaking to media right now. Must be um, like morning shoot around, I'm guessing. They played tonight, so this is from like a few minutes ago. Jace Frederick, Pioneer Press. I'm just going to read his tweets. I asked Jeff Teague if recovery is any different playing 42 to 43 minutes. He said, yeah, I think that might be like my third time in my life playing 40 minutes. It's a little different. I'm a little banged up. 
I banged knees with someone. It's just part of the game. You got to adjust. Teague expect to play 40-plus minutes the rest of the way? He said, I'm not sure. I think we've got guys that are capable of playing and contributing to this team and making big plays, so hopefully they get an opportunity. All right? What about uh, if fatigue played a role in the fourth quarter collapse against a terrible team on Monday? Teague said, quote, I think some guys ran out of gas. Not going to lie, I was a little tired. But that's not an excuse. You're on the floor. you got to be able to help your team. Jeff, Dude, Jeff Teague, why is this a thing? Jeff Teague told reporters Monday morning before the Memphis game that he should have more rest. He's been he's basically been begging begging not to play as much for the entire week. This is not hard him here. It's not hard. Tyus Jones is a very capable player. If Jeff Jeff Teague's not the only one too, it's all five of these guys. Yeah. How how obtuse is Tom Thibodeau? If these guys are basically like using the media on a scale of one to ten, nine and a half. Like, dude, Jeff Teague is telling you, hey, I'm I'm not trying to complain, but we were, and you could watch, you could watch it, watch those guys dragging up and down the court in the fourth quarter. Like, why do you think that is? Because they're Gibson tired. At the All Star break was basically begging for more rest. Yeah. Oh, and in shocking news, Derrick Rose won't play tonight. Was he expected to? Who knows when he comes back? That's fine. But, it, but it just means that back. everyone's right. going to play forty five minutes against the Hawks. Play forty three minutes. Yeah. I want to mock. Mock. I want to. Godfather Mock has struck again this morning on ESPN.com. It is Mel Kuyper Jr. 3.0, gentlemen. 3.0. Interesting stuff here at the top here. It looks like he has five quarterbacks in the top 15. Then we'll make our way down to the Minnesota Vikings. Mel Kuyper, number one overall, Cleveland Browns. Josh Allen, quarterback, Wyoming. Number two to the Giants, Sam Darnold, quarterback, USC. Number three to the Jets, Josh Rosen, quarterback UCLA. When's the last time three quarterbacks went one, two, and three? I think it's happened before. Maybe once. Would it have been McNabb? McNabb draft, like 99? Somewhere in there. The Culpepper draft? Because he went. He was the fourth guy and he was 11. Yes, but didn't yeah. didn't we have Akili Smith go on that one? He McNabb went in that and one. Number one was the Browns guy, Tim Couch, Couch right? There you go. Yeah. I think that's the last time. Uh, number four to the Browns, Saquon Barkley. Dude, if the Browns wind up with their choice of quarterback and Saquon Barkley, that would be an unbelievable tandem for them. Number five to the Broncos, Baker Mayfield, according to Mel Kuyper Jr. See a case Keenum after a year, yeah. Let's go down to number 15 overall. Cardinals take Lamar Jackson from Matt, Louisville. Matthew Collar, very happy if that's the case. And number 30 overall to the Minnesota Vikings, guard slash center from Iowa, James Daniels. I want a mock! Mock! And the write-up says this from Mel Kuyper Jr. Daniels is my top-ranked center, but in this scenario, he'd slot in as an immediate starter at guard for the Vikings, who already have Pat Elfline at center. Daniels is technically a sound player who can, uh, well, so he's a technically sound player who can get to the second level with ease. Oh, got to get the second level. Yeah. Right, Dave? Second level? After having one of the NFL's worst offensive lines in 2016, Minnesota made some smart moves to upgrade last year, and if the Vikings add Daniels, they might have one of the league's best O-lines in 2018. There you go. Get to that second level. Country strong, kid. That's my guess. Well, if Iowa, white guy. Got to be country strong, right? I can just say country strong? For sure. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he's African-American. I'm just saying Iowa means that you're going to be country strong for sure. All right. Racial stereotypes. Gotta love them. (laughs) Let's more come, tomorrow. More come back, back tomorrow. Yeah, come back tomorrow with some more <laughs> racial stereotypes. Mackie and Jess. 
This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.